0: So as we dive into this fourth Sunday of Advent, we have in our readings today a number of reflections and thoughts that God's inviting us into. And in our psalm today, it's psalm number 80. That's what we just heard. Psalm number 80. Lord, make us turn to You. Let us see Your face, and we shall be saved. So, you know, it's if you hear that psalm in your heart and in your, in your lives and in your experience, it says, Lord, make us turn to You. So there's a, it's insinuating that I won't always do that just with my own will and freedom. I won't always just turn to the Lord. So we're saying, Lord, make us turn to You. Meaning, I need some extra help. And so God has given us grace to assist our wills, to assist our our hearts and our minds in turning to Him. And then he goes on to say, "You know, Lord, make us turn to You. So we ask Him, Lord, give me grace so that I can be strong enough to turn to You. Because see, when you turn to the Lord, you have to turn your life over to Him. And when you turn your life over to God, God's going to invite you into His plan, His mission, His purpose. And this is where we, as we, as we get turn toward the crib this year, as we turn toward Christmas and the birth of our Lord, we can never separate the crib from the cross. So if you're going to turn to the crib, like our lady in this statue over here, how she's right, looking at the angel who's inviting her, Gabriel's inviting our lady in this statue over here to say yes to the baby Jesus, but in saying yes to the baby Jesus, as we know, she's looking at the cross as well. So when we turn to the crib, when you turn to the baby, when you turn to Christ, you're also being invited to turn to the cross. And this basically means, Lord, anything that keeps me from loving You, please root it out. Please eliminate it. Anything that keeps me from loving my husband or wife or my kids or my family members. Anything that keeps me from being loved. Get it out of me. Root it out of me. Purify me. Cleanse me. And that's a radical prayer to make. So we know that it's going to take some sacrifice to become who we're made to be. It's going to require some extra strength and energy and power to become the persons that God wants every one of us to become. As I was reading, some of you might have read, uh, Matthew Kelly, he speaks a lot about this being the best version of yourself. How do you become the best version of you? Okay, I'm going to look at each moment I live. And I'm going to say, alright, is what I'm eating right now helping me to be the best version of me? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Is what I'm watching on TV helping me to be the best version of myself? Is what I'm about to say out of my mouth is going to help me to be the best version of myself? So the decisions we make, we make, think of how many decisions we make each day. We make tons of decisions every day, very quickly. Often not reflecting and meditating on what is this decision going to make me into? So, as we get closer to looking at the crib, we're, we're, we're focusing on the birth of Jesus. In the next few days, we write Christmas. But the birth of Jesus isn't necessarily something that's going to take place outside of ourselves. The birth of Jesus wants to take place within the heart. Every one of us are called to look within. And what's laying in your heart? You know, if you, like I always like to use... You know the 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 empty crib here. This is our hearts. Maybe this crib's full of a bunch of stuff and there's no room. So we have to again the cross empty out anything that keeps us from making room for Jesus to be born in us and live through us. So the Lord's inviting us at mass today to ponder How's your crib look? How's your heart look? What's there that might be taking up space that belongs to Him? What is it that you're doing that's keeping you from being the best version of yourself? What's keeping you from being free to be Christ, to be loved to your spouse, to your family, to your friends? What is it that's keeping you? Ask that question. You know. So Lord, make us turn to You. Please give me strength to turn to you. Because we know that when you again when you turn to Christ, there's a cost. You gotta lay down your ego, you've got to lay down unforgiveness, bitterness, grudges we hold, we've got to lay down our pride, we've got to lay down bad habits, eating habits, bad uh, what am I watching, what am I listening to? What am I doing with my time? We've got to look at that, examine our minds and hearts. What's it that's keeping Jesus from being more fully born in me? Because remember, He was born to die. And it's in dying that we've come to eternal life. So Christ was born. Christ lived among us to love. And in loving, He forgot about Himself. And in living for others, He died. We're called to imitate that mystery. Jesus is called to be born in the cradle of your hearts, to live through you the mystery of love by, that's, that involves the cross, putting away and putting to death anything in us that's keeping us from being called to communion with our husband, wife, kids, family, friends, etc. And that's going to lead to that dying. But it's in that dying that you find the best version of yourself. It's in the dying to the selfishness that we find happiness. It's such a, it's such a contradiction or paradox. Because see, without faith, we're not going to turn to the crib because He's just another person that was born. But with faith, He's not just another person. He's the Son of God. So if you turn to that crib with faith, you're believing that it's the Christ, the Son of God, that's being born into the world. And He's going to grow up in you as you let Him grow. Jesus is going to grow in you as you allow Him to grow, cooperating with His grace. And as you let Jesus live again, you're going to experience that cross. Every one of us feel the cross all the time. We feel stretched. We feel stuck. We feel pinned. We feel weak. We feel unable. But that's part of the important place to be so that we can see grace manifest in our lives. And so, Lord, make us turn to You. Let us see Your face, and we shall be saved. And so what does this mean? Let us see Your face, and we shall be saved. Lord, let me see Your face, and I shall be saved. Well, He doesn't have a face until He comes into this world and has a human face. John Paul II said, Christ is the human face of God and the divine face of man. Jesus is the human face of God and the divine face of man. You and I are called to give God a face to those we meet each day. You know, a face can say a lot of things. It's like you look at someone weird, you know, like. But our faces, think about the face, the human face. You know, we know often people by the features of their face. We, kinda, that's, we communicate with our faces a lot. Our gestures, our looks. Jesus is the human face of God. God lives in you and I. Through baptism, He was born in our hearts. The cradle of our hearts. Jesus is in us. But we've got to let Him use our face that He might reveal the Father's love to all those we meet. So let us see your face and we shall be saved. Everyone in here saw the face of God in someone. You would not be sitting in these pews, and I definitely wouldn't be up here, if I didn't encounter the face of God in someone in my life. Somebody introduced me to God's face by living a life of love. And we're called to introduce each other every day to God's face. So someone introduced you to Christ. And that's why you're here today. So Lord, make us turn to You. Meaning, God, please help me to turn to You. Turn to You and let us see Your face that we might be saved. So when you see someone letting Jesus live through them, you experience mystically the body of Christ. You experience Christ living love through them. So when you see the face of Christ in another that loves you unconditionally, freely, totally faithfully someone that pours their life out for you you begin to experience salvation it's not just an idea because let me say to you this God's becoming man Jesus is going to be born who cares and what do I mean by that who cares well, the right answer is Father. That's important. He's the Son of God. Okay, you all know the right answer in your heads. Well, He's God. We've got to respect that. We've got to reverence Him. He's the Lord of Lords. But what you know, the right answer isn't always, in fact, what's really in our hearts. Do we really believe and understand the significance of the Incarnation? That the God of the universe is coming down to be born among us. So that he can come into our hearts, rest in the cradle of our souls, grow up, and live love through us. And then when people see Jesus living through me, they begin to experience salvation. They begin to be saved. And that's what our second reading is all about. What does it say? When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. A body you prepared for Me. Guess what? Your bodies were prepared to hold Christ. Our bodies are made to give Christ. We are the body of Christ through baptism. So, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for Me. When you live love, you live sacrifice. You live Jesus. You live his offering through your bodies. It's through the soul that the body, the souls manifest through the body. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. So when you come up to receive communion, you're, you're receiving God the Son into you so that he can live his love through you. And when you live love, Again, people start to experience salvation. You've all experienced salvation. That's why you're in the pews here. You've tasted God at some level. You've experienced salvation at some level. And there's a lot of people that haven't yet experienced this unconditional, amazing love of God. How are they going to know that He loves them unless there's someone to tell them? Someone to look at them with your face to be God's face for them, to be God's hands, to be God's feet. we got to go out. Christmas is about mission. Christmas is about going out. Invite someone to church. Invite them to Midnight Mass. Invite them to the Children's Mass. Invite someone you know that doesn't come to church to Mass. It's a great time to invite people to the Lord Jesus. And you don't have to worry about the details. God's perfectly capable of dealing with everything. We just be an invitation to them by the way we love them. So this is what uh, is happening in our Gospel, right? This is what happened. It says here, listen. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country. How? She moped. It doesn't say Mary moped into the hill country. She went in haste. Mary was excited. You're about to receive God into you. When You you should go in haste into Omaha and visit. Mary visited her cousin. You go and visit your family this Christmas season, this time. You're going to be visiting a lot of family. Will you be the face of Jesus to them? Will you forgive family members that hurt you? Will you give them another chance? Will you bring Christ's mercy to them? Will you let Jesus live through you? Or... Is your heart too full of yourself? Are we too full of our egos and our pride? And I'm not going to listen to that. Last year they said this. Da, 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 da. God's inviting us to empty our hearts so there's a resting place so He can be born afresh and anew. Beginning relationships anew. The birth of Christ is a new beginning. Let this Christmas be a new beginning for us in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships with our children. Let's, let's let it be a beginning. And again... What I'm saying to you, hopefully the Holy Spirit takes and you start to chew on and digest. Because if it goes in one ear and out the other, might as well just read a book to you up here. God needs your yes. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. When you say yes to Jesus in the manger, you're saying yes to the cross. You're saying yes to dying to anything that keeps you from being love in your families. You can't separate the crib and the cross. And so we need help turning toward the crib. Lord, make us turn to You. Give me the grace to turn to You. To really believe what's happening here. Let me see Your face and I shall be saved. So I'd like you to think about this as we get into uh, Christmas, even Christmas Day. Go in haste. Run in haste. And listen how Elizabeth responds. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. You're blessed. You house God. Everyone in here is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You house God. Let Let that intoxicate you. Let that get into your system. I'm I'm a temple of God. I have God in me right now. Right now, He's inside of me. Let that make you think. Let that stretch your minds and hearts. Let Let the joy of that truth start to permeate your life. Let it affect how you walk, how you talk, how you think, how you act. Go into your parties that you're going into which we all know, there's a lot of crazy people in our families, right? We're all going to encounter a lot of crazy people. Look in the mirror, you got the first crazy person, right? So we're all a little crazy, but God says, I can do great things with crazy people. Like John the Baptist was eating locusts and honey. He's, he's a crazy man. But he loved the Lord. God wants people that love Him, that are willing to, again, run out in haste and share Him. So who does God want you to share his love with this year at Christmas when you visit family. I want you to pick one or two people that God's inviting you to be kind to and merciful to that you haven't or you've withheld love from because of a hurt. Whatever, Think about it. Don't be afraid of the cross. If you're going to look at the crib like Mary, you've got to also glance at the cross. And you're going to find the best version of yourself when you let Christ live love through you, you're going to find happiness at a level that doesn't make sense to the world. Because to the world, if someone hurts me, well, I'm going to hurt you back. Sticks and stones break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's a lie. God needs us. So let's get ready to take Jesus into our families as we go into our Christmas gatherings with family. And I always say, I use this acronym a lot, but the word family, F-A-M-I-L-Y, forget about me, I love you. Forget about me, I love you. Forget about me, I love you. He forgot about himself and he loved us and he created a family. When we forget about ourselves and we love others, we create family. Let's keep that in mind as we go. Because the enemy, Satan, is going to try to attack you and cause all kind of nastiness going on. But you've got to defuse the enemy. Forget about yourself. Hear that? That's Father Michael's sign to stop. It's a 6, what is it? 6, almost 6, alright. So you got it? You got it? Praise God.
1: We praise you. Sing it together as a group. Here we go.